being led of the Lord. And uh, it's been a series that so far we haven't really gotten into, you know, topics that would be super deep uh, or, or super abstract or, or anything like that when we look at just the, the kingdom principles that we're looking at. But we specifically wanted to approach this series with fresh eyes, with fresh ears to hear the Lord, and taking inventory, uh, asking God, so Lord, here's a truth that I might be very familiar with, but am I still walking it out? Am I walking it out the way you want me to? Uh, and certainly when we talk about being led of the Lord, no more important time uh, than the current time for us to know that we're hearing God's voice. Uh, times are challenging out there. Times are confusing out there. Uh, we have all kinds of different perspectives within the body of Christ, outside the body of Christ. Uh, and if we're not careful, it could really, uh, it can mess with us. It could sow confusion. And so that's why we want to take a look here just as we're talking, um, you, you know, really here in January, navigating, charting the course for 2022. We really want to have a fresh handle. Are we hearing from God? Are we being intentional in our hearing from God? Are we leaning into him? him? Uh, and is there anything where just either by sheer activity bombarding us or just by having been doing it for so long that we put down and neglect the important things, the, the, the essential elements for us in hearing from God? So in our first week, we acknowledge that we have to stay in an intentional place, a purposeful place of trusting God, leaning into him and trusting him to lead our path and, and uh, to, to allow us to hear his voice. And we looked into Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. See, that right there kind of uh, is, is uh, an encapsulation of why it's so valuable for us to do a series on things like this. It can be so easy to just go back to leaning on our own understanding. Can you say amen? You know, so, uh, and sometimes, you know, we're in a microwave culture and it has been slowly but surely grooming us to want everything microwave. And sometimes, okay, many times, okay, most of the time, God doesn't do microwave, right? You know, so that can be the place where we could be vulnerable to just kind of lean into our own understanding, do our own, try to figure it out. You know, so that's why we started with that in this first message. We just have to stay in a place of leaning on him and pressing into him and wanting his will and going after God. And then last time, actually it was just this, was it just this last week or the week before? The days have been full. It, it, it might have been last week. It feels like it was three weeks ago. But we talked about the the most common ways, the main ways that God is going to lead us and speak to us. And we said that was going to be through his word. And uh, one of the challenges we gave, one of the things that we reflected on at the end of the service was just to, you know, take some inventory. Are we really in the word? Are we students of the word? Are we applying the word? Uh, and then, of course, the other thing, uh, the other most common way that God leads us is through his Holy Spirit. And so for part three tonight, actually, uh, I'm calling it God's GPS, uh, and we're going to be leaning in some more, talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and being led by Holy Spirit. So um, I, I have, through 
the, the first Sunday of the year and talking about charting the course, I leaned into some illustrations that related to aviation. I talked about the Bible being, you know, like your map in, in uh, aeronautics. It's called your chart, you know, and uh, in aviation, I want to go back to another, another picture because talking about GPS, when uh, I took the time and learned how to fly as a, as a private pilot, just in one of those little planes, um, they, they teach you to be able to function without technology. And actually, when you're training, uh, you save a lot of money by flying in the smallest plane that you can fly in. It's called the 152. Uh, the 172 is a little bit bigger, and it has GPS navigation and all these bells and whistles. But I did most of my training in the smaller uh, plane, which was good because, you know, it's kind of like uh, somebody always using a calculator and then not knowing how to count, right? You know, so uh, training and using the chart. But they would have what are called lost procedures. And basically, I would have to put, uh, uh, it's called a view limiting device, and kind of look down, and the, the instructor would fly me around and just say, okay, figure out where you are. And so with that, you know, I would have to, uh, they, they uh, tell you to climb, conserve your fuel, and communicate if you're lost. But that's if you actually say, I'm lost. Before that, the idea is to look at your map and then look outside, and actually it's look outside and find outside on your map. Uh, and, and then if you can't do that, then you do your loss procedures. But, you know, even right here on my GPS, I've been doing some refresher stuff, and now I can take this with me into the airplane. It doesn't matter if it's the 152. It doesn't matter if that plane's GPS is broken. I can use an app that I have on here, and it will literally show me you are here. It'll let me know right where I am. It'll let me know right where everything else is. And I tell you what, I like it a whole lot better with the GPS. GPS. You know, even in my car, my, my car is a little bit older than my wife's, and so, you know, I'll use the Google GPS, you know, and uh, even that has improved so much. I can remember a time when we were, uh, like, west, uh, you, you know, like west of Whiting, you know, and uh, we were following the GPS, and then all of a sudden it just said, um, actually, what it was is we were, we were somewhere, and we were trying to come home a different way. And just in the middle of the Pine Barrens, I don't live in the Pine Barrens, in the middle of the Pine Barrens, it says, arriving at destination. And we're in the middle of nowhere, and we're going, cool, what do we do now? You know, so it's amazing how much all of this has upgraded, and, you know, good to have a map, you know, as a backup, you know. But I'm taking all the time to, to share all of this, because when it comes to being led by the Spirit, when it comes to asking God, what is it you're saying? Where are you leading? What is it that you want here? If we're not careful, we lean into the old way of navigating. And there's a lot of things that we read about in the Old Testament that Old Testament uh, people did in order to hear from God that we, we shouldn't let ourselves get away with in doing it in the New Testament. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? We read about Gideon, and we're like, Lord, all right, here's the deal. I mean, and, and isn't it, come on, am I the only one, like, where it's the goofiest thing in the world, like, um, I don't know, like, if the mailman delivers the mail early today, that'll be the sign from you that, 
Come on, don't look at me that way. How many have ever done something like that? You're just so, and it might not have been that, but something as bizarre, right? To, to learn to hear from God. Uh, but, but the thing is, man, in the new covenant, in the new testament, Holy Spirit lives inside us. You know, he's our inside guide, we had said last time. And I want to keep, you know, referring back to that and repeating back to that. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 6 and 7, it says, But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who meditates, uh, I'm sorry, who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. In the first covenant, uh, I'm sorry, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would not be any need, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. And then Hebrews chapter 8 verses 10 through 12, God says, I will put my law in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I put my laws on their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. When God speaks of a new covenant here, it means that he made the old one obsolete. It's now out of date and will soon disappear. So again, what, what, what a great, great uh, truth is relayed in these couple of verses for us here that show us the new covenant, a far better covenant. It, it, it's the fulfillment of the old covenant. So with that in mind, let's talk about some retired GPS, some retired guidance systems that we don't want to fall back into as New Testament believers. So number one uh, is, is just, you know, the concept of casting lots. Asking for God's direction to be revealed through an impartial process. Uh, you know, in, in the Old Testament, they would use sticks, they would use rocks, uh, coins, you know, things like that. Um, j just to, to try to decide, well, let, let's figure out what God's will is. But today, of course, we have Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. So, and we have this new and better covenant. Uh, so a second Old Testament um, guidance method was supernatural signs. Now, now I just want to balance this one out. We do read in the New Testament where Jesus says things like, when you see these things, you will know this is the time you're in or you'll, you'll know the time is near. You know, so, so there is a reference to there will be signs and wonders and, and things like that in the New Testament. But that, those things are not meant to be the primary way to guide us as believers. Can you say amen? And again, if we're not careful, we can be led into, you know, some of these types of things. Um, you know, this will be assigned to you. When this happens, you will know the will and the direction of the Lord. Um, hey, we've probably prayed a prayer like this. Uh, Lord, if it's your will, open the door. If it's not your will, close the door. And, and I want you to hear me. I'm not, necessar not necessarily saying that that's a, a bad thing to pray. What I'm saying, though, is we want to be seeking him probably beyond that. You know, because there could, there could be so many other things that are, work, that, that are at work in the process, you know. Um, here's some other ways we could do something like that. Lord, if you want me to marry Susie, let it be. When I'm looking at the sky, I see a shooting star. 
right? You, you, know, uh, s- you know, silly things like that. You know, um, and again, I mentioned already Gideon in the, you know, in the Old Testament. So if anybody's not familiar with the story, you know, he's hiding. The Midianites are, are uh, you know, a, a group of people that are attacking and raiding Israel, and, and it's a difficult time for them, and he's hiding, and the angel of the Lord comes and stands before him and says, you know, basically heralds him as a great man of valor and courage, you know, and Gideon in this conversation with the angel says like, hey, well, what's going on here? And um, he's basically informed that God's going to work through Gideon to bring breakthrough, to bring deliverance. And Gideon needs some reassurance. So come on, how many times have we had God say, I, I, want, you to, I want you to go reach out to that neighbor. Hey, I want you to go love on this person. Hey, that ministry that they've been saying they have a need in at church, I want you to step in. I want you to serve in that area. You know, maybe it's a, a people, you, you know, uh, that, that um, God's given you a mission's heart toward, you know. And, and we might say, okay, well, Lord, can you, can you give me a sign? And, and, you know, again, it was this, you know, several things that Gideon did. Um, and the Lord is really patient with him in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, this whole thing about, um, you know, putting out the fleece, and, you know, uh, in, in one setting, uh, let, let the fleece have dew on it, but none of the grass around it. And then in the other setting, let all the grass have the dew, but not the fleece. You, you know, and, uh, you, you know, it, I, I think when we're young in the Lord, sometimes because God is training us and he's merciful and he loves us, he'll kind of let us get away with some of that. But that's, that's not how God wants to lead us in the New Testament. And certainly when we have these turbulent, pounding times, you know, th- there, there is going to be a warring for those promises. You know, it's already yes and amen in Jesus, but there's a warring sometimes that we have to do to lay hold of uh, what God has provided for us. You know, and so there needs to be a, uh, a really clear hearing from God. I believe, if, if that's always been true and always has, I believe more than ever before, uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to need to have that. So uh, thank God for the times where he does things. Um, my whole point is with all of this stuff, these kinds of things that we're talking about, one that I didn't mention, um, that I didn't write out in my sermon, I was thinking about this as I was thinking about the message, you know, the Old Testament prophet, right? So we have the office of the the prophet in the New Testament, but it serves a different role than, um, than it did in the Old Testament. And even when we look at prophecy, modern day, we have the, the working and operation of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, uh, 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 prophecy coming from a prophet, you know, all of these different things. When it comes to personal direction, whether it's prophecy, whether it's word of wisdom, whether it's something that seems like it's a sign or, or whatever, we always want those things to confirm what God is already speaking to us. Can you say Amen. Can I tell you, if nothing else for tonight, that, that's a reminder for us. If we, if we leave with nothing else, that'll serve us really, really well. You know, there have been people who have let their lives get shipwrecked because somebody came along and gave them a word or, or they let a sign be uh, something that, that gave them a notion of God's direction rather than letting it be a confirmation. 
you know, so I'll talk about that some more as we move through. But um, so, so let's talk about then, you, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about upgrading our GPS, being led by Holy Spirit. Some more ways that are wrong kinds of ways of praying that could get us into trouble. Um, and, and this kind of leans into the uh, leans into the sign thing, but you know, Lord, I'm looking for a yes or a no. And, you know, and then the truck that went by had yes on the side of the truck, you know. Again, I'm just trying to give a lot of different ways. We don't want to be, you know, bringing a prayer that says, so if you this, then I'll know this. Um, even something as, as, as simple as this, well, my car didn't start, so that must mean God didn't want me to go, you know. And, and it's like, well, you know, it could be that God didn't want you to go, but I wouldn't bank it all on the car didn't start. Can you say amen? And, 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 I'm, not, and I'm not talking um, uh, condescending in any of this. I, I hope you understand that. Well, I'm, as some of the examples might sound a little silly. Some might sound very close to home. But what I'm saying in all of it is, is just we genuinely want to be led by the Lord. And, you know, uh, we can rejoice, the word tells us, because the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. You know, and sometimes it, it's a hard thing to wait. Uh, Lord, I really, uh, I, okay, somebody told me this is what you're saying. Lord, I need you to confirm that. And I'm not going to move until you confirm that. How many know that's a pleasing prayer to the Lord? You know, because we're, we're making sure that it's him that we're hearing from. Um, God, if it's your will uh, for me to get the job, just let it happen. That's, that's, uh, that leaves a little too much room. You know, that person could have been so desperate to fill the spot that as long as you had a pulse, they were giving you that job. Might not necessarily mean that it was, it was God that was giving you the job. Amen? So, so these can be things that confirm. These can be things that support and add to. But as we're led to the Lord, we want there to be a little more substance to it than that. Um, so here's the thing. Church, what we got to realize is all these things that I've been describing, it winds up being where we are letting circumstances drive the interpretation of what God is doing. And the thing that can be confusing is God does work in circumstances. The key thing in what I just said is we don't want them to drive. We want it to be the voice of the Spirit that's on the inside. Can you say amen? tracking so far. So um, we, we don't need an outside sign when we have the inside guide. So let's talk about what it looks like for us here in the New Testament. So uh, again, our, uh, our, our GPS, God's peace and spirit on the inside. The primary way that God is going to lead uh, his, his spirit in us, it's going to be the voice of his spirit. It will be an unction of his spirit. And the Bible has so much to say about there will be a peace or there will be an absence of peace. And that becomes one of the, the greatest things that we can, you know, uh, take to the bank. Not the car started or didn't start. The car started and I don't have peace. Maybe this is something that God doesn't want me to do. Amen? Big, big difference in the two there, right? So um, that's the most reliable GPS that's out there. It will guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, and, and we're, we're promised that in the Word of God. And then the voice of peace will direct us. So a couple of verses, uh, Romans eight fourteen. for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So it's allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God. John 14, verses 26 and 27. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, 
an advocate, we know that's a, a helper, a counselor, uh, counselor like a legal counselor, right? The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So not only is that so encouraging talking about the Lord's peace being not like the world's, but it's, it's told us in Scripture, Jesus has told us he's already given us his peace. Amen? Amen? We have that peace on the inside. Uh, so what we need to learn to do, to train ourselves to do, to make sure that we keep doing uh, is listen for his voice and for his peace. Uh, have you ever heard this? Uh, it, it's a little bit cliche, but so much wisdom in it. No God, no peace. And that's N-O. No God, no peace. And then K-N-O-W. No God, no peace. Right? So the more that we're pressing in to know God and walk in relationship with him, the more we are going to discern his voice. One of the messages that I want to do upcoming is, uh, again, a common thing that we deal with. Is this God? Is this the devil? Or is this just me? You know, and how do I discern those voices? We'll do a whole separate night just looking at that. But what we really want to bore down on here tonight is like, okay, so these, these Old Testament things and, and people in the world do it. They, they look at horoscopes. They get fortune cookies. They go to fortune tellers. And man, that stuff is things, man, nobody wants to be messing with. And uh, that goes double exclamation point for, for believers, you know. Uh, but all that is is, you know, um, stuff for people to get in a ditch, you know. But the idea of looking looking for a sign and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, man, we have this, this great and precious promise of Holy Spirit living inside us. And he said he would be our advocate, that he would teach us uh, everything, guide us into all truth. But this thing about the peace factor is so, so important. Uh, Psalm 85 in verse 8 says, I listen carefully for what, the God, what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his faithful people. So this idea of receiving his peace, and, and, and interesting how that's worded, his faithful people. You know, so there, there's, there's an aspect of, I put time aside to listen for his voice. I, I make sure that my life isn't so crowded and so noisy that I'm not able to discern and hear his voice. So praise God, peace will literally speak to us. Come on, just, just by a show of hands, have you ever had where the peace of the Lord has spoke to you? or the lack of the peace of the Lord has spoke to you. So uh, we want to trust and follow whatever the Lord is saying. Uh, Colossians 3.15, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Interesting, that word rule in the Greek uh, is not talking about kingship. It's talking about rule like an umpire or a referee. I love that. That is so telling. Let the peace of God be a referee in your life. And unlike the NFL, there will be no bum calls by Holy Spirit. Amen? <laughs> no, no bitterness leaking out there. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'll move on for it. I love that. Our umpire, our referee is the peace of God by his Holy Spirit. Let the peace of God call the shots and be an umpire in your life. So, have you ever had where, where you've just said, man, something just doesn't feel right about this? Have you ever had where all the circumstances look like, hey, this is actually 
for all intent and purpose, this looks like a positive thing. But something just doesn't feel right for me in this. You know, I, I had shared fairly recently in a Sunday morning message, uh, you know, the summer of my sophomore year in college, I got saved and was so, so looking forward to going back and finishing my work at school uh, as a believer. And it was my first experience with learning to deal with a lack of peace from the Lord. You know, I actually had a, a, a circumstance when my wife and I first had opportunity to do an internship in ministry. I, so, I was so enamored with the invitation and the excitement and the idea of being able to step into that internship, I didn't really listen for the peace factor. Come on, can you say amen? I didn't listen. Thank God my wife did. You know, because she turned around and she said, I'm not settled. I'm not against, you know, you know, because it would involve moving and doing things. I'm not against that. There's something not settled. And I had enough sense that that got my attention. And then when I did go back and slow down and actually ask the Lord, you know, verse saying, Lord, we're good, right? Okay, awesome. Let's do it. You know, but when I went back and actually asked him, I started to realize, uh, Lord, you're not in this. And, and we, we came to find out later on that, that, that ministry was on the verge of blowing up. And in fact, it, we came to understand it would have blown up while we were down there. Brand new first ministry experience being in the middle of just an awful, awful situation. The Lord knew, Holy Spirit knew, and he was trying to be an umpire in my heart. I missed it, but thankfully he was an umpire in my wife's heart. She got it, and we went back and, and worked on it. So um, praise God for that. That is, that is the main thing. Now, I want to just give a, a tip for decision-making and... Uh, a lot of times when, you know, I'm praying with folks, hey, I have a decision, we're praying together, or they'll come say, hey, you have any input, anything on how, just, just really not sure. Sometimes what I'll encourage folks is um, make, make the decision on the inside. Don't act on it, but make the decision on the inside. You know, um, man, I've been offered this job. It could be God, it might not be. I'm just not able to tell. And, and so I'll say, all right, make the decision. I'm taking the job. Don't tell them yet. Sit on that decision for a day or two and see if it starts to grow, see if it, it, it gets momentum, or see if it just kind of lands flat. You know, it's like I made the decision, and man, it has just not felt right since I've said that, you know? And then some, some might come back and say, well, what if I'm, I'm that way in either, either situation? Uh, take one and stick with it and see what God is leading have some extra time of pressing in, some extra time of, of allowing his peace to get sharpened, you know, on the inside, and, uh, and we'll be in good shape. Second Thessalonians 3, 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times in every situation. The Lord be with you all. There have been times where I've been invited to be places. I remember as a, as a young adult, you know, newer believer, you know, invited to, you know, opportunities to socialize with some people from work and hear the Lord say, nope, nope. Sometimes I didn't pay attention, literally walked in. I'm not supposed to be here. Can you say amen? Have you ever had that happen? Got to go. 
I've literally had that happen. Walked in, so felt the Lord saying, I've been trying to talk to you. You're not supposed to be here. Turn around and walk right back out the door. So amen, isn't this so good to realize as God's going to lead us by his word, he's going to lead us by his spirit. Sometimes there's an unction. Sometimes he'll speak in words. Sometimes he'll give us a picture. But this peace factor, it's all over scripture where, where this is one of these primary ways that God wants to in the New Testament uh, guide his covenant people. So uh, we need to realize just because something is good doesn't mean it's necessarily God's will. You know, so we want to take the time and uh, just make sure it's from him. So uh, the question might not be, is it right or wrong? The question might be, is this God's best for me? Is this, is this what God wants for me in this season? And then, uh, again, going back to this idea of the role of prophecy in the New Testament, just wanted to, to you know, circle back to that. So we want it to be where, where that provides confirmation, or if it doesn't provide confirmation, that God brings us to a place of clarity. You know, I'll give, I'll give you one for instance. Um, this was the first time that I actually had a prophetic word spoken over my life. So it was, um, I was interning at my home church and the opportunity came for me to be the youth pastor. I didn't know what was going to happen, but my youth pastor had a calling for missions. And so he stepped off into missions and uh, I, I applied for it. It didn't make sense in the natural to apply for it because I didn't have ministry experience. I wasn't done with Bible school. I really wasn't per se what they'd be looking for at, at, at that point in time, you know, but I was really feeling like I'm really hearing from God. I feel like I'm supposed to apply. And so I did and then didn't hear anything for a while. And as I didn't hear anything, I really began to doubt myself. And I really started thinking, maybe I didn't hear from God. You know, now in between, while all of this is going on, uh, I'm at a minister's meeting with my senior pastor. Uh, and at the time, he was not high on the, the accolades train. You know, so whenever the accolades came along, like you, you really kind of grabbed them uh, just because they were few and far between. And uh, he said something that I just thought was really interesting, and it, and it, was, it was unique. I'll, I'll tell you what he said. He introduced me to somebody, and he said, yeah, he goes, you know, Jimmy here, he's a real bulldog. You know, uh, you know, I give him something, he grabs onto it and just works on it until it's done. And I, and I thought, I've never been called a bulldog before. But that was a compliment, and gee, that, that, was really, that was really nice in the setting, and I was encouraged by it. So just keep that in mind, because I'm going somewhere with this. So, so here I am. God, I thought you told me to apply for ministry. Nothing's happening with this. I'm feeling like I stepped out and got outside your will, and Lord, I, I, I don't want to do that. And, and so I wind up then, um, literally, I, I so got in turmoil over this, because it was so important to me to be in ministry, to be in God's will, to not miss him. I mean, I, I was really getting getting into sin over it because I was stressing like crazy, not just trusting God that, that he would have it figured out. But I literally got to the point of tears over it, got to the point of agony. And that evening, uh, I was in a prayer meeting and uh, there, was, there was a fella um, that, that uh, has, it moved in prophetic ministry. He used to be a bodybuilder, uh, Dennis Tenorino, Tenorino, I believe is his name. And so uh, it was like a little house meeting and, and I was being prayed over. And, and so he's praying over me. And now here's what I'm talking about, confirmation, right? Um, he's praying and he said, it was said of you that you're a, and he was going to say bulldozer. And he goes, wait, no, bulldog. You know, and I thought, all right, Lord. You know, now you're just showing off. You know, now, you, you know, it's said of you, you know. And, th and then he went on to say, and 
you took a step that I asked you to take, and you're now wondering whether it was me. And I'm telling you, it was me, and the breakthrough is coming, and this is the door you'll step through. And the very next day, uh, they, they came and said, hey, we would like to offer you the youth pastor position here. Why don't you go and pray about it? And I want to say, pray about it. I've been praying, agonizing, freaking out, and God did this whole work and showed me how to hear it. Yes, I'm in, you know? So, uh, so that's just an instance there. I had a another time where somebody was praying things and uh, it was here, it was, there was a meeting with leaders at Grace and Peace, um, Denny Kramer, and uh, that afternoon I'm sitting on the edge of my bed having a conversation with my wife and he goes and shares like he was in our room. Now this is before Alexa you know, or like my, my phone being on or anything like that. So I knew he wasn't eavesdropping, you know, and said a whole bunch of things that were very confirming for us. But then there was one thing he said at the end about a ministry opportunity that I would be stepping into that I had never heard before. You know, so I said, praise God for confirming, praise God for confirming this, praise God for confirming this. And that one, we're just going to put it on the back burner until you open the door, Lord. Amen. You know, so, so if we just let, you know, the, the, what we would consider the supernatural, the spectacular, let it be confirming, let God work it out, uh, we're not going to get into error. You know, we're not going to get into a point where we get in a ditch, you know, and it, you get off easy if you get into a ditch. Sometimes people have let their lives become totally shipwrecked because of things that, that people have just well-meaning. You know, either, you know, because don't forget, God might be saying something, but then God also has a timing, doesn't he? You know, so we, we want to just move through with him. God's, God's word at the wrong time is going to come out wrong. <laughs> the, 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 something that's not God's word that we act on, gonna, it's going to be messed up. But God's word and God's time is, is going to move us along. And hey, in all of this that we're talking about today, um, this is not... Uh, this is not like we're on a tightrope and miss it by this much and we're doomed, right? Don't hear that at all. What we're talking about is learning to grow in hearing God's voice. And he, he, he's a good father. Holy Spirit is a good counselor, a good helper. And, and if, if we're leaning into the Lord and wanting to be led by him and wanting to be trained up by him, let me just flat put it out this way. How many know in the process of learning to, to be led by God, how many know we're going to miss it? You know, someone might say, brother, you need to be more positive. Okay, I am positive we're all going to miss it from time to time. All right? And that's not, you know, speaking negative junk. I mean, we just read through the Word of God. We see it with Paul. You know, Paul is trying to figure out God's will, and he keeps going into trying all these different things that, that seem, I'm sure Paul prayed on these things. I'm sure Paul fasted on these things. You know, there's going to be times where it just makes sense. This must be what God wants. And we'll come to find out, no, that's not exactly what he wanted. But you want to know what? When we keep our eyes on him and we keep learning to lean in and trust him, if we do get off track, he's going to get us on track. And he won't even have that mean voice that says, recalculating, uh, like, like our GPS does. Come on, how many know, uh, mine's a she, and she has such an attitude when she's recalculating. She just does not like to recalculate, you know? The Lord is so gracious. He's, because what is he doing? He's teaching us to walk with him right? To, to be led by him. 
So on one respect, I don't want to make this so heavy that we go out saying, oh no, I got to hear God or else. You know, that's, that's, that's not the message tonight. It's, oh, the joy of learning to be led of the Lord. But I will say, the Lord does say in these last days, so much confusion, so much deception, so much darkness. So on the flip side, yeah, we do want to be really sober. You know, um, I mean, in fact, you, you know, it's so interesting how the church will go to extremes and throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, in the early church, with the outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost, I mean, believers, believers are hanging out with angels, and there's miracles and healings and signs and wonders and, and you know, citywide crusade-type things going on. All of this incredible stuff is happening. And then in the early church time there, there started rising up people who were doing false signs and wonders. You know, so in the New Testament, we're taught, actually, uh, in the New Testament, we're taught signs and wonders and miracles and power of God is supposed to be a part of God's church. What happened is there became a reaction to the false stuff, and things always go from one side of the pendulum to the other. Then it was, we'll just cut it off altogether. Actually, what happened is uh, the church in large, started moving to the point where only the ministers would, um, would, would be able to share the gifts of the Spirit, the charismatic. And then it got to the point where then it started fizzling out. And then you'll study through history. There's always a remnant. There's always a remnant of God's people where Holy Spirit will go and, and fan a flame and there'll be a restoration of God's outpouring. You know, and what precedes that is, is a hunger for God, lots of prayer, uh, a holiness and a pressing into God, you know, uh, but there, there, that, that will always be. And then, and then there'll be an eruption and a moving of God's spirit. And then the enemy, the false stuff will be out there. And then unfortunately today we have entire denominations who have just simplified it for themselves and just said, well, we'll just say it just doesn't happen anymore. And that's unfortunate because we miss out on what is meant to be a, a, a part of the normal Christian life where, where all of this is in operation. So I th- say that just to say there's more confusion out there. I can, can I just tell you, just, I was trying to find the snow forecast there on, on Facebook. I saw two different people just uh, ripping away on, um, on spirit-filled churches. You know, and I thought, why, why would you, with all the stuff that's going on out there, you're, you're throwing rocks at other denominations? Come on. You know, but again, it's, it's a picture that comes from just, just not having a biblical understanding. We can, in our modern day, have the traditions of men make God's word of none effect, just like Jesus said was happening in, in his time. So how can we, you know, as a matter of fact, we read in Revelation, the, the, the grand duping of the world is going to be with massive supernatural stuff. But the word of God makes it so clear. I mean, I mean, it's like, so if they don't acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, it's out. If they don't acknowledge Jesus is risen from the dead, it's out. And, and, and I just, just heard a testimony recently of, of somebody that was encouraging pastors as, as God's spirit pours out in your church and you, and you see people, you know, stuff going on as people are being set free and delivered. And sometimes it's God, sometimes it's not. One of the simple things that you can do is just lean in, just declare Jesus is Lord, Jesus is risen. And, and you will get clear in a hurry just what's going on in that person's life. 
I, th- I just thought that was so cool. That's from, from a, a church and a ministry that's just been so seasoned currently walking in, in the move of the Spirit, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm rabbit trailing a little bit off, I know, onto another topic, but not really because I'm talking about as we're led of the Lord in these last days, it's going to get darker out there, but God's light is going to get brighter. And, and the Lord has always said not shy away from the power being poured out and, and what might look spectacular or supernatural, examine the fruit and what does it say and how does it relate to Jesus is Lord. And then we'll be able to discern and know. So uh, with that, we're, we're actually uh, coming in uh, for a landing here a little bit earlier tonight. I just wanted to make sure that we really, really drove this home. So, so how do we take away? What do we walk away with out of, out of the message here today? Maybe one question that we can ask, how are we doing with the peace factor on the inside? You know, uh, there, there, there are times that get heavy and difficult and so they make it extra work to dig in and look for the Lord's peace. But how many know that even when it's tough out there, we can still have the Lord's peace? Paul and Silas, right, in prison, just worshiping God, full of joy. And that's when the Lord brought their deliverance, you know. So, so we want to be looking at how are we doing with that peace factor? How are we doing with making time? Uh, again, um, so many times in Scripture, God's people got impatient waiting for the Lord, you know, and, and, and we have been more stacked against us. We've had more stacked against us in our modern culture because of all of the things that distract us and all the things that, that I mean, I was brewing coffee. I, forgive me, I got to confess my sin. I was brewing coffee this morning, like two cups of coffee, and because and, uh, the Keurig came to the office, you know, and I'm sitting there going, this is taking forever. Because the curing happened so fast. And I, and I just thought, like, God, deliver me, you know, from the impatience in the world that's all around us. So, so do we, so, you know, how are we doing with, with just 90 miles an hour, got to have it my way right away? Because that's going to interfere with the work of God, uh, God's voice being really clear and being led by his peace. Also, let me just ask here, too, do we have things in the proper order? We are a, a, a spirit-filled church, and we are, we are going after God. We have been, like, I mean, it, it's the legacy of this church. We have been just increasing prayer and looking for God to move and pour out on us. That's only increasing in this next year. We are going to see God start to increase what he does in our midst. And we are committed in that setting to be people that are rooted and grounded in Christ rooted and grounded in his word and know how to rightly discern what God is doing and what he's meaning when he's doing something in our lives. Can you say amen? You know, just one more thought and we're going to pray on this. Another, when I talked about like false ways to pray and things that are part of the old guidance system, sometimes God will bless our socks off despite where we're at. What I mean by that is we can't let that be God's seal of approval on everything we're thinking or everything we're doing. God must agree with me. I'm being blessed. Not necessarily. God just might be giving you massive love and mercy right now, and it has nothing to do with your opinion that that could be left of center. That's not what we want to use as the barometer. Amen?
Amen. So, so the, the whole, um, you know, uh, target of this message tonight is that we would, that we would have the joy of knowing we can walk so secure. We get in his word, we know his word, his character, his precepts, his principles. And then in that we're led by his spirit for all of those things that we got to navigate in life, that, that springboard off of his word, but there's not an exact reference for, uh, this job, who, who do I marry? When do I retire? What's going on with this situation? You know, all of that stuff. Um, and then uh, knowing how to place all of the external things to let the circumstances confirm, not let the circumstances drive. That just so blesses my heart, encourages my heart. As, as a pastor, I know all of our pastors, we want it to be that we are a rock solid people that are not swayed and moved. Talks about, you know, in, 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 in the word of God being tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. We don't want to be those people. We want to be mighty in the Lord and we want to be grounded in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, Father, as we close tonight, we, we're just so humbled and encouraged and, and just thirsty for more of your voice, for more of you in our lives. And Lord, I know I, I, I pray this kind of regularly, but I, I continue to ask you, Lord, help us, every one of us, Lord, to be able to live in a way where we are not consumed by distraction. And Lord, deliver us from some of these side effects that are in our modern culture, all the comforts we have and all of the immediate access and, you know, same-day shipping now and all these things that could make us impatient with listening for your voice and clinging to you and pressing in deeper to you. God, deliver us from every and anything that's in our culture or that might even be in our personality and wiring. Deliver us from that. And, and cause us to be a people by your grace, by your spirit that will wait on you, that will learn to discern your voice, that will let you be the inside guide that, that then leads us on how to walk out all of those circumstances on the outside. I thank you, Lord, you're not the author of confusion. And Lord, we even pray now we pray for our body. We pray for uh, the, the Church of Grace and Peace family. Lord, we pray for the body of Christ in our region, in our nation. Lord, we pray where we have got this backward, where we have gotten mixed up. Lord, where we've gotten in a ditch. Or Lord, we, we groan for where people have shipwrecked. God, we pray that you would come and intervene. Lord, where there's deception, Lord, please come in and bring truth. Where there is buying into things that have people off course, if things are, are not based on your word and the peace of your spirit and the voice of your spirit, Lord, we're asking around our nation, Lord, we pray for those that lead the body of Christ that have voices of prominence. And God, we pray that you'd keep them true. Lord, those that lead worship and those that, that speak to thousands and millions, Lord, keep them true to your word. Keep them on track. Deliver the body of Christ from squabbling amongst itself. 
And may we fall into a beautiful unity in your word and in the voice of your spirit. And so, Lord, we pray for that across our land, realizing there's so much that is confusion, and we know you're not the author of confusion. Lord, drive that stuff out of your body. Drive that stuff away. And, Lord, we we now come back to just here in our own local assembly, here in our own families, here in our own lives. Deliver us from deception. Deliver us from being off course. And deliver us from having a hurried surface level relationship with you. Still January, still the front end of the year. Lord, let it be that we, we set the course now on the front end to where we can just go with you deeper and deeper, closer and closer through the rest of this year. God, we ask this with all of our hearts and it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.